you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Amen. Let's all stand up. We're just going to do what the series says in the very beginning. How about that? Get used to it because we're going to stand up on the outside. We're going to stand up on the inside. I had to take my jacket off this morning because I refuse to be bound. (laughs) I'm telling you, there has been so many challenges this week and coming up to this Sunday morning. Our live stream, we updated the software on our live stream thinking it was going to resolve some issues. And the live stream is not even connecting this morning. I mean, you know, thing after thing, the... The uh, thermostats on the air conditioners started wigging out, had to reboot the Wi-Fi. Anybody had to reboot your Wi-Fi before? Is that? (laughs) But I refuse to be frustrated. I refuse to quit. So we're standing up in honor (laughs) of what God has done and is doing in us. And so, Father, we thank you. We're standing up right now. On the outside and the inside, declaring that this series is going to be breakthrough for us, Father. Thank you for, for equipping us with your armor and giving us your victory and calling us by your name. Thank you, Father, that your word is true and the enemy is a liar. Father, I pray that right now that you would open our eyes, just like Elisha prayed, that you would open his uh, servant's eyes and that you would show us the unseen world. And how many more are for us than are against us? What you've given us, Father, as your children and as the army, your army, the army of God, the, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through you to the pulling down of strongholds. And, Father, this morning we stand at the beginning of this message pulling down every stronghold in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword and that it goes forth into every heart, into every ear in this place. And we thank you, Father, that it accomplishes what you sent it forth to do and it brings freedom in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the truth that we have and the truth that we hold and the truth that we operate on sets us free in Jesus' name. We receive the truth, we hear the truth, and it sets us free today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 High five your neighbor and you can be seated. Hey, there's a, I just may not quit today. We're just going to, we may make the devil pay double, double, double. You know, when when you catch a thief, make him pay how many times back? Seven times. Why stop at seven? What's seven times seven? So take your Bible, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to get right into this. I'm telling you what, I'm telling you, as I'm standing here and breathing, I know that this series is the right series, the right time. Uh, This is a word from the Lord, a fresh word from the Lord. Right, uh, you can go to the notes. We've got them out there. Praise God, I believe that they're working. Lifeway.church forward slash... 6-9-19, they're working. Jay says they're working, they're working. Look at the notes and go along with us. If you have a piece of paper, if you have your Bible, write write down two words, wake up. 
wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for you, you as a member of the body of Christ, to wake up. I think sometimes that we're asleep. At least I'm just going to admit at the very beginning that there's sometimes I'm just uh, uh, insensitive to what God is doing, but insensitive to what the devil's doing as well. How many times do we underestimate the tactics and the schemes of the enemy? We need to wake up. It's time to wake up. There's a natural world, but there's also a spiritual world going on out there. And uh, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a church that just pretended like it didn't exist. If, if we don't mention it, maybe it'll go away. If we don't call his name, then maybe he, he won't give us any problems. But um, it's not true. It's not true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a quote before we get to the scripture of a man by the name of Augustine, Augustine of Hippo. He was from Africa. He lived back in uh, around 400 A.D., and he was an early church father. And this is a quote from Augustine. Now listen to this quote. We ought to consider all the harm inflicted on us by others, however painful, as coming from our Father's hand. For the teaching goes, no one can do anything to us except as he allows and allows for a good specific reason. Now that sounds religious, but it's totally wrong. Did you know things can sound religious but be totally wrong? Augustine, by this teaching of the sovereignty of God and how God is sovereign, opened the door for Calvinism and opened the door for uh, wrong teaching and wrong doctrine. This sovereignty teaching of God is dangerous. And it's uh, the foundation of Reformed theology. And I know I'm getting a little, a little deep here, a little quick, but listen, this Reformed theology and predestination, and, and, and it, it, says, it says, let me just put it in a nutshell, it says that all things that are happening are under God's control. And he allows all of this and he has purpose in all of this and we should just go, go totally along with everything that happens. But that is so wrong from what the scripture teaches. But isn't it funny that, that almost half of the church believes this? Because it's been proven through surveys that 40% of the church, born again people that carry a Bible like you and I, 40% of them believe that there's really not a devil. That, that there's real, not, not a real devil. It's just, you know, maybe a, a figment of your imagination. Just, you know, no, it can't be. 40%. And so what I'm saying I know is, is true. I know this is true. And I know some people don't like it. And it makes the devil angry. Because the devil wants us to believe that he doesn't exist. That is his, one of his number, number one ways to, to lull people to sleep is just say, shh, shh, I don't exist. I'm nowhere around. He disguises himself, right? He feeds you a lie so that you'll believe that it's the truth, so that you'll sit down and shut up and go to sleep. So that you won't stand up, you won't take your armor, and you won't fight. But I'm telling you, we're about to pull the wrap off of his game. <laughs> the Bible teaches 
Not only that Satan exists, but that his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's John chapter 10 and verse 10. He has set himself with his purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. And he goes about roaring as a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that includes you. Don't think, don't think for a minute that you're above being deceived. Right? Most of the Christians are not unarmed. They're walking out the door every day unarmed and unprepared for the war that they're living in. Think about that. And if you listen to most Christians and what they're saying, most are, are, are losing the battle and they're beat down. And they must have been taught somewhere along the line that it's God's sovereign will for us to have this problem and that problem. And this problem is just working all kind of good things because God works everything together for good in my life. And, and it gets to the point where you're blaming God for that problem without even realizing it. But if problems come from God, then maybe we should pray and ask God to give us problems to help us learn, help us stay humble, right? No. What good, good father gives his children problems to teach them? The Bible tells us very clearly that we have a teacher and his name is the Holy Spirit. And he shows us things to come. And he leads us in the will of God. I'm not saying that there, there won't be any struggles and there won't be any challenges in our life. No, absolutely. But through every struggle, through every trial, we have the victory. God has given us his name, his blood, his armor. He's given us the, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. We're going to get to that. I mean, I might preach the whole series here in the first, the first day. But I'm telling you, I'm fired up because there's so many people that are living way beneath what God has promised them. And the reason is because they, 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 do, they don't know that they have an enemy and they're walking around naked. True. Before you left the house this morning, did you put on the armor that God provided you? Do you even know what it is? We're going to find that out. And listen, whether you believe in the supernatural or not, it still exists. You may have been taught like I've taught and, and, uh, in my youth that all of that stuff passed away with the first apostles. But isn't it strange that the devil and demon activity didn't pass away? There's no shortage of demon activity on the earth today. In fact, the, the, from what I see and what I read from the word is the, the closer we get to the end of time, there is an increase in demon activity and, and the devil's influence on the earth today. Can you agree with that? I mean, would you ever have thought 20, 30 years ago that we'd be living in the days that we're living in with the evil the way that it is so blatant before our faces the enemy is roaring like a lion and he is seeking whom he may devour. What I want us to answer the question is, are we in the right place standing up with the armor on awake so that he doesn't devour us? First Peter five, verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant. Because 
your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Everybody say resist him. (laughs) When was the last time you resisted the devil? Purposely resisted the devil. (laughs) With your words, with with your faith, resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings that are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And like I said a minute ago, we can, we can look at the things that are playing out right now in our nation. In the natural. Guys, every one of these things in the natural are affected by things in the spirit. And most believers are not equipped to deal with the spiritual world. And as a result, they live... Their, most of their whole lives being controlled by the spirit world. What this verse says in other translations, it, it says, keep awake. And if you're going to keep awake, you've got to wake up first, right? It means watch. The, word, the, the, the Greek words for this verse mean keep awake, watch, be on guard, watch out from attacks from Satan. The message Bible says it like this, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Catch you napping. Keep your guard up. Right? So, it's time to wake up. Let's not be found asleep or underestimating the schemes of the enemy or the power of the enemy. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12, take us back to the beginning. Now, it's, it's kind of an oxymoron to have uh, a scripture from Revelation take us back to the beginning. But this is what Revelation twelve seven says, the New International Version. Then a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon... And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you should underline that. Because even though we're going to be studying about the enemy, we're going to see the enemy's power in light of God's power. Focusing on God's power in our life. And what God has given us and called us. So, the great... Uh, he, was, he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven, the dragon and the dragon's angels. Verse 9 says, the great dragon was hurled down that, ach- that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and to the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. 
Now, this was written by John who had a revelation of what happened because the Holy Spirit gave him that understanding of what happened in the beginning. And he wrote this over 2,000 years ago. And notice the words that the devil knows that his time is short. Now, if he knew 2,000 years ago that his time was short, certainly the devil knows that his time is shorter 2,000 years later than when this was written, right? And if I knew that my time was short and that my purpose was to steal, kill, and destroy, I would increase my activity. Is that right? And so it's no, it's no uh, coincidence that the enemy is increasing his activity against the children of men, right? We are in a war. Every day we're in a war. There are things that you're agitated with. I'm going to get to that in a second. This agitation is coming from the enemy. The agitation comes from the enemy. And if we don't recognize that, we won't resist the enemy. The enemy is increasing his effort because he knows that his time is short. And one key strategy that the enemy has is to deceive people into believing that he really doesn't exist. Because why would you want to fight an enemy that doesn't exist? Why would you even care to resist an enemy who doesn't exist? If he can't convince you that he doesn't exist, then he will try to convince you that he's not really a threat. He's not really a threat. And I've met Christians, and maybe you have too, that that they believe that Jesus won the victory for them, but they believe that Jesus is still enforcing that victory over their lives. And that's far from what the Bible teaches. Just the fact that Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to get there in a minute, put on the full armor of God, just the fact that Paul writes that means that we have responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say, you have responsibility. <laughs> you, you have a responsibility to put on. Listen, husbands and wives, you can't put on your wife's armor for her. And wives, you can't put on your husband's armor for him. Now, you, we're, we're, we're instructed to pray for one another. But if you, uh, wives, if you see that your husband is not putting on his armor, the first prayer you should pray is, Lord, wake him up so that he can put on his armor. We need to be spiritually awake, realizing that we're in a war, we're in a battle, but God has given us his armor, his armor. And we have to put on his armor. We have to wake up, put on his armor. You know, Jesus spoke about the devil. Look in Luke 11, uh, verse 14 through 23. I'm going to read what Jesus said about the enemy. After he was casting out a devil. It starts out in verse 14. And he, Jesus, was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke. The mute person spoke. And the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him sought uh, from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan is also, 
uh, is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? And because you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, notice that Jesus even, even connected himself to the power of God. He didn't say, because I cast out demons, because I'm the one, I'm so powerful. He always pointed to the Father. He always gave glory to his Father. He says, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all of his armor which, in which he trusted and divides the spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. So Jesus points to the fact that there's demonic activity he points to the fact that it's God's will that people be free from demonic activity. And he points to the fact that God's power is the only thing. The finger of God is the only thing that can free people from demonic activity. Right? So we learn a lot from this scripture. The people that asked Jesus the question or accused him of casting out the devil by Beelzebub even realized that there was demonic activity. And if it was going on 2,000 years ago, it's still going on today. In fact, it's increased. We believe that the enemy has increased his plan, his schemes against mankind. Because if he can keep man away from God, then he can build his kingdom even stronger. Do you agree with that? So it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to fight. It's time for us to put on the armor. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, brethren, finally, my brethren, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. And as he's writing to the church at Ephesus, he is in a Roman prison and he is uh, chained to a Roman soldier so that he doesn't get away because Paul has escaped many times. And uh, his, his renowned or his, um, uh, his, he was known for, I'm looking for a word, I can't find it, <laughs> He was known for escaping. And so they didn't want him to escape, so they attached a Roman soldier to him. So he's writing to the Ephesians, talking about the armor of God, but he's looking at this Roman soldier. Think about that. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Again, Paul's pointing to the connection to the power of God. We can't be strong in our own might. We have to be strong in the Lord's might. And here's how we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. By putting on the full armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles, strategies. That word wiles is strategies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. So he's pointing to this armor for us to take up every day. Because every day we wake up, the enemy comes against us. You know that and I know that. But sometimes we forget. 
Sometimes we look at uh, maybe our husband or our wife, our marriage, those people that are closest to us as the enemy because they're, they're not acting right. But how many of you know that you can be influenced by the enemy just as well as somebody else can, right? Just depends on, depends, really depends on one thing. Either we're walking in the flesh or we're walking in the spirit. And I don't know about you, but I don't walk in the spirit 24-7, 365. So I have been part of my own problems. I have opened the door many times to the enemy in my own life. I have fallen asleep at the wheel, so to speak, and given place to the enemy. There's so many scriptures that we're going to go over in the next few weeks. This, this first point, this first week is that we, we've got to wake up, guys. We've got to wake up and realize that there's an enemy and he's out not only to just hurt you or damage you, to steal, kill, and ultimately destroy you. To destroy you. He has a, a assignment on your life. But God has given us his armor. But God's given us his armor. And, and, and the first part of that armor, we're going to get to it, but <laughs> I can't resist this belt of truth that you, that you put around your waist, on this belt of truth holds, holds up every other piece of this body armor. This belt of truth is, is the first thing that we put on. And everything else is attached to it. And it's all tightened in really good. Because when you go to fighting, you've got to have this belt of truth tight. That's why the Word of God is so, so important. So Paul, I'm, I'm not going to read all the way to the end of, of verse 18, but I do want to mention the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, and the spiritual weakness in, in heavenly places. These Greek words have meaning. And it seems as though, and there's been studies done on these words, these Greek words, it seems as though there are levels of devils. <laughs> there are, there's rank and order in the demonic kingdom or this kingdom of darkness, just as there's rank and order in the kingdom of light. And so some days we can say, if, if we believe that that is true and we see that there's rank and order because Paul uses the different Greek words there and they're in your notes so you can go back and study them. Principalities means highest position of authority. Powers means delegated authorities. So they're under those higher authorities. Then there's rulers of darkness, which is uh, uh, order, arrangement, and raw power. There's, there's different Greek words that are used there. And then spiritual weakness in, in high places. Um, they're, they're different words. And so that, that, that goes to say that the enemy attacks in different ways. There are different workers. There are different ways that the enemy comes at us. And we have to wake up, put on the armor, and be aware that the enemy is attacking. Not just on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but every day. Every day. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 says that we should not be unaware of his schemes and tactics. We should not be unaware of the schemes of the enemy and his tactics. So if Paul says by the Spirit that we should not be unaware, then there is a chance that we could be unaware. We need to wake up. 
Wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. (laughs) Wake up. We have to put on our armor. We have to remind each other, hey, let's put on our armor. Have you got your armor on? But one thing in this passage that I want us to see here at the very beginning is that we're not warring with flesh and blood. We're not warring with flesh and blood. But the world is. We're not warring with flesh and blood. But most of the church may be. I'm not saying all. But there are those in the church that have never heard this message. I'm telling you, this is, when I heard this, this message for the very first time over 30 years ago, it revolutionized my life. Revolutionized my life. To know that there was a devil out, out to take me down. It's time to stand up and not war with flesh and blood like the world does or like other people do. Do you know that people act the way they do because of the influence behind them? People in the world act the way they do because of the influence behind them. You can see this on social media very, very, very clearly. People will carry on a fight, full-fledged fight on social media. The anger that has been built up because we have this ability now to release these emotions over the internet and not even face face to face with people. We have this ability to type something and, and listen, the old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Words are powerful. They contain, the Bible says they contain life or death. Now, words can either be spoken or they can be typed. This is why I, I don't read a lot of things on social media. In fact, I, you know, I, most of the time I don't even go there. Because there's so much going on and there's so much emotion out there that you can get sucked into that emotional storm most of the time. And end up getting hurt after a couple of minutes and like, you know what? I can't trust anybody. Just saying. But people act the way they do because they're influenced by something behind them. This happens in marriage. Most marriage problems are selfish. It's because I'm not getting my way and I'm being mistreated. Taking offense for something somebody else did. Right? I'm not talking to anybody. I'm probably pointing. If, I, if I'm pointing my finger this way, I've got three coming back at myself. But relationships on the job. Relationships with your friends, family members. Where there's people, there's devils. Because devils hang around people. Right? If we got rid of all the people, we'd have to get rid of all the devils. Right? The enemy gains authority and power over willing people who tend to walk in their emotions rather than walk in the truth. True? Not true. It's true. True. That's why we have to be aware of the tactics of the enemy. People are more angry today. They're more offended today. They're more filled with hate today. And there's more flesh fighting today. But let me tell you, flesh versus flesh always equals strife, division, and defeat. 
flesh versus flesh always equals division and defeat and strife. It starts out as strife. It works into division and then ends up in defeat. So if you're dealing with agitation, I'll just give you this this nugget here. If you're dealing with agitation, the devil will certainly use that agitation to harass you. Because the, the enemy operates like this. He uses thoughts to get you into your feelings so that it will affect your actions. The devil works on your thoughts to get you into your feelings so that it will affect your actions. And then one action outside of the love of God can end up in death. Road rage is a great example of the hatred and just the, the offense that lives in the world. But we have scripture after scripture after scripture of how to stand up and fight fully armed with the armor of God so that we are not affected by the enemy's tactics, by the enemy's strategies. God protects us as we walk in his armor. Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. This was Jesus being tempted of the devil in the wilderness. Verse 5 says, The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone that I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So this verse talks about the fact that Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden. And when Adam sinned and disobeyed God, ate from the wrong tree, he opened the door for the enemy. But not only did he open the door for the enemy to take the garden, he gave the enemy his authority on the earth. And so when Adam gave that authority of the enemy over uh, the earth... That's why we have a scripture that says Satan is the God of this world. He has a certain amount of power on this earth. And it, it, it is directly correlated to those that will give him their will. This is why the enemy is so cunning to, to get into the heart of a person to convince them that they need to worship him. This is exactly what he was trying to do with Jesus. If you worship me, I'll give you all this authority. And that's what he tells every person that will believe the lie. If you just worship me, if you just bow down to me, if you just believe me, if you just do this, if you just hold on to this offense, I'll get them back for you. You just hold on to this. Just wait. I'll get them back. Just wait. Right? The enemy is still convincing, still trying to convince and convincing people that he has power. When Jesus destroyed him as he rose from the dead. 
Now, there's three truths about authority and power that we need to, we need to learn right up front in this, in this series. Number one, Jesus came to restore kingdom authority in the earth. Kingdom authority in the earth. This is the, this, these three points here are, is the truth that will set you free today. We're going to take communion here in just a few minutes. But, and we're going to exercise the power of the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony over our lives today, right now. And through this series, we're going to be exercising our authority over the enemy. No more are we going to sit idly by, blinded, dumb, and asleep. We're going to stand up, take our authority, and exercise it over the enemy. And Jesus said, just stay, uh, I turn to First John, but I'm going to point out John chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32. Jesus said to the Jews that believed him, if you hold to my teaching... You, uh, one version says, if you continue in my teaching, then are you my disciples indeed. And the truth that you know will set you free. It's the truth that sets us free. The truth, not a truth. A truth may be that you've been bound in your mind, that there's some strongholds there. That may be a truth. A truth may be that there have been people that are oppressed by the devil. But the truth is that Jesus has already set you free. The truth is always higher than a truth. It may be a truth that you're sick in your body right now. But the truth says that by the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. And when we believe the truth, the a, a, a truth has to give way to the truth. So here's the truth. Jesus came to restore kingdom authority in the earth. First, first John chapter 3 and verse 8. 1 John 3, 8, New Living Translation says, But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God, here's the purpose, the purpose that Jesus was manifested. The Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. If Jesus only came to provide eternal salvation and to shed his blood, then why did he heal so many people and deliver so many people from demonic oppression? If he was only sent to shed his blood, hang on the cross, and make a way for us to, to be eternally uh, in the Father's presence. No, Jesus came and he displayed the authority of the kingdom of light. He came and he walked and he destroyed the works of the devil. That's why he said, the works that I do shall you do and even greater works than these shall you do because I'm going to my father. Second scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. Jesus, again, this is the point. Jesus came to restore authority in the earth. 1 Corinthians 15, 24. After that the end will come, when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power, for Christ must reign until he humbles all of his enemies beneath his feet. So when Jesus said it was finished, he won back his place and his authority and he's expecting his church 
to enforce the victory. He's called us as his body because the authority that the head has, the body has. You're part of the body of Christ. Point to yourself and, I, and say this, I'm part of the body of Christ. <laughs> the authority that the head has, you have. It's up to us to stand up, to wake up, to stand up, to put on our armor and enforce the victory that Jesus provided for us. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. I know this is a scripture heavy message, but I don't want you walking out of here saying that he, he said a lot of things, but it's not backed up by scripture. We have to know who we are in Christ. And the truth that we know, the truth that we know and operate in sets us free. Second, uh, Colossians 2.13 says, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all of our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And so Jesus, when he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, he wasn't just looking at his physical life and saying, I'm finished. (laughs) He said, it's finished. And when he said, it's finished, he was seeing into the spirit realm to what was actually happening when he overcame the enemy by his blood and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave and his his destination was the throne. He may have gone through hell, but he rose to heaven. Back to the seat of authority and power. So Jesus came, number one, to restore kingdom authority in the earth. Then the second point, Jesus delegated his authority to the church. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. And we pray this. This was a prayer that came through the apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit for us, the church. Verse 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. There there are those level of devils right there. Far above every one of them. And every name that is named... Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So he was raised and restored to his place of authority and power. And we are in the body that the head has, has, has all authority. We're in his body. And when he won, we won. And when he rose, we rose. And when he rules, we rule. God has called us to be more than conquerors. I've never seen more than a conqueror naked and beaten down. Right? When Jesus 
spoiled principalities and made a show of them openly, he marched the enemy and all of his cohorts through the streets of heaven, hell, every, <laughs> on all three levels <laughs> of the spirit world and said, it's finished, it's finished. Who's got the keys? It's finished. The conqueror marches, marches through the streets declaring victory. This is what Jesus did. And then he delegated his authority to the church. And then number three, he commissioned us as the church to operate in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, oh, besides the healing and, uh, you know, the works, uh, you know, you can wash people's feet, but don't cast out a devil. You know, did Jesus put any qualifiers in that statement that he said? The works that I do, except dot, 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 no. The works that I do shall you do. If you believe, the works that I do shall you do. And greater works than these will they do. Because I go to my father. Because he went to his father, what happened when he went to his father? He sent the Holy Spirit. And so the greater works are done by a greater number of people. The very same works that Jesus did. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He did, therefore we do. He did it, therefore we do it. That's why we have his armor. It's not something that he told us to make. It's already prefabricated with with the metal from heaven, the heavenly substance that God makes his armor with. This is not an earthly armor. It is a heavenly armor. You know, I like um, Iron Man because when he needs the armor, the armor just comes on him. Boom. Sometimes he didn't even know that he needed the armor. Then it's coming on him. Boom, boom, boom. I wish I had Iron Man armor right now. But I mean, you, th you think of the most wild piece of armor, the armor, the, the, the characteristics of that armor. The armor that God has provided us is so much greater, so much more awesome than you could ever imagine. It's got, it's got capabilities that we're even unaware of at the moment. Remember, Paul was writing this letter to Ephesus, to the Ephesians, uh, the Christians in Ephesus, when he was chained to a Roman soldier. That's what he related to. If I was writing this, I'd write uh, Iron Man's armor. List it off. hundred things, 200, 1,000 things. You know, an Iron Man's flying around and he's talking to somebody who's controlling the armor. Saying, no, what can I do? What can you do? Jarvis. Hey, Jarvis, what's going on? <laughs> He's just flying. Okay. Wow. Think about that. Last scripture here, Mark chapter 16. 
because Jesus commissioned us. This wasn't, this wasn't uh, Jesus saying, you know, here's what I did while I was on earth. Nobody tried this, you know. Jesus did not say at any time that he was on the earth, hey, I'm the only one that can do this. Um, in fact, there'll be a time one, one day in the future where you rule with me that I'll give you a little part in this. And I'll give you a little taste of this. No, when Jesus was on the earth, remember, remember he commissioned 70 of his disciples to go out and do the very same things that he did. What did he tell them to do? Cleanse the leper, cast out demons, raise the dead. The same thing. Raise the dead. Jesus raised the dead before he raised, he rose himself. Before the power of God rose him. Think about bringing life back into to, to a dead body. That's why the word says there's nothing impossible for them that believe. Because God has given us authority to execute his will on the earth. This is so important for the church. But most people can't, they can't conceive it in their minds. That's why Paul prayed that the, the eyes of our understanding would be opened, that we would see that we have been raised together with Christ and seated with, with him in heavenly places. Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion. People say, that's just too good to be true. No, it is true. We believe it because Jesus said it. Mark 16, it says, He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You know, there's more to the gospel than just salvation. <laughs> there's signs that should be following believers. Signs should be following believers. Sad to say there's more believers that are following signs today. More people will drive hours and spend time looking for a, a, a Bible with oil dripping off of it, of it and looking for the fire on a baptismal tub. <laughs> Come on now. Looking for signs. How many signs are following you? We're not supposed to be looking for signs. Signs are supposed to be following us. Guys, don't be entertained by signs. Don't be entertained by signs. Signs should be following us. You know, casting out devils, not counseling out devils or medicating out devils. <laughs> Now, I'm not against counseling and I'm not against medication as a short-term solution. But a long-term solution is cast the devil out. Right? But that comes from a solid disciple. That's why our mission is to make solid disciples who are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, fully armored in the armor of God, casting out devils.
Amen. So are you ready to stand up? Are you ready to fight? Before we leave today, we're going to declare. We're going to declare over our lives that the blood of Jesus protects us. The blood of Jesus is is a hedge of protection around us. But not just because it happened 2,000 years ago. We enforce it by taking this communion and exercising our faith and speaking it out of our mouth. That because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, I stand free from the enemy. Free from the dominion of Satan. Satan has to bow his knee in my life because of what Jesus has done for me. His blood, the the blood of Jesus is greater, is more powerful than any attack of the enemy. And I have been seeing people for the last six to eight months really being attacked by the enemy. And almost to the point of where there's such confusion after one of these attacks that no one knows what to do. Listen, we've got, to, we've got to rely on the word. We've got to armor up. We've got to armor up. We have to stand. Having done all to stand. Have you done all to stand? Are you standing? Not in your own strength, but in the strength of God, in the power of God, in the armor of God. Do you have the belt of truth on? Are we allowing these, these thoughts from the enemy to remain and, and build a stronghold? And we, we're giving place to those lies. Listen, we all have... The opportunity to do that every day, right? But from today, during the series, we're focusing on, listen, and I'm, I wasn't born yesterday, and I know that when we walk out of here, we're going to have an opportunity to prove that what this word just said to us today is true. Because the, Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 4 that the enemy comes immediately to try to steal the word that was sown in our heart. But we're not going to let, we're not going to allow the enemy to come steal. We're to stand up and resist. As we take communion, we're going to resist. But I need to do one thing. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If there's anyone in here, are there anyone listening to this message that needs to, to declare Jesus as Lord? We, we give you that opportunity right now. This is between you and God. It is the most sacred decision, the most important decision you'll ever make. If you need to say yes to Jesus and say no to the enemy, this is the time to do it. And you do it by a declaration in your heart and with your mouth and you you say these words. I come to you, Jesus, right now. And I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for me. You shed your blood for me. And that you have forgiven forgiven me. I confess my sin. I receive your forgiveness. And I choose to be a child of God. I choose to give my life to you today, Jesus. And I thank you that your word says that you would never leave me or forsake me. I am a child of God.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You made that decision. Now you're a follower of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.